the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is willing to talk with Iran with no preconditions. We're we're ready to sit down with them, but the um, American effort to fundamentally uh, reverse the malign activity of this Islamic Republic, this revolutionary force, uh, is going to continue. Pompeo is in Switzerland today. Flooding continues to cause troubles all across the Midwest today. A temporary flood barrier in Burlington, Iowa, failed yesterday. That sent high water from the Mississippi River rushing into the city's downtown streets. Emergency crews are out rescuing people along the Missouri River when a levee breach flooded the town of Levesey yesterday. Officials in Dardanelle, Arkansas, making a last-ditch effort to save their town. This is SRN News. He served as deputy assistant to President Trump, and today he's a national radio host. But his beginnings were far more humble as his parents escaped a communist dictatorship. Sebastian Gorka exemplifies the American dream. Be inspired by his story at our exclusive event, Dive In, Dinner and Discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Reserve your seats at am1280thepatriot.com. This event is supported by Closet and Storage Concepts. Just past 1 o'clock on the Sunday afternoon here on The Patriot. For your forecast today, we got a high of 73 degrees today. It's beautiful out there. we got sunny skies down to a low of 52 this evening, and it will stay mostly clear. Hey, do you want all the perks of a rewards card with none of the hassle? Then check out the AM1280 of The Patriot fan club. Just go to am1280thepatriot.com, click on fan club for pre-sale access to tickets, exclusive content, prices, and so much more. Brad Carlson Show of the Northern Alliance Radio Network is right now here on The Patriot. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, please feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions regarding today's show. Content, as always, thank you so much for tuning in on this uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities. I think we can uh, finally say it's summer is here. It is June, so uh, it is. Uh, I think we can finally. Uh, uh, although I'm just, it's out of sheer laziness. I haven't put my snow brush away. It's not that I'm superstitious. It's and, just and why still, would you? Why still would in the front you? seat. You know? No, I'm knocking on wood in the studio <laughs> right now, just because I guarantee it might snow in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Who knows? I doubt it. I uh, know, no, I'm not going there. But a uh, uh, lot to get to from this past week, as as there always seems to be. I feel like I see that say that every week. You know, a lot of news to get to. Well, there really is. And uh, we, uh, I was um, very saddened to hear the news of a uh, deadly shooting that took place in Virginia Beach where 13 were dead, including the gunman. This took place at a Virginia Beach Municipal Center. And as is custom with a shooting like this, uh, I take the time to get away from social media, get away from broadcast news, whatever, and, and just pray for the loved ones of the victims. And I know thoughts and prayers are often uh, ridiculed and chided and whatever else, and it seems to be a trigger point for leftists, you know, you know, who say bleep your thoughts and prayers, but yet they, the fallible human beings, have the power to somehow magically eradicate gun crimes. So uh, 
little uh, definitely something isn't aligned there, but that's another story entirely. Uh, and I also uh, like to um, have folks weigh in on this uh, particular situation because, again, this happened probably for, not even 48 hours ago, and all the facts are not ascertained. But in today's reaction culture, everybody has to get their chanting points out there, and oftentimes we don't give enough uh, deliberative thoughts and, and, and expressions of sorrow to the to the victims and to their families, uh, so we want to uh, talk a little bit and try to get a handle on what we know and what can be done going forward. And as always, we're honored to be joined by our friend uh, Peter Johnson. Peter, of course, the founder of uh, Archway Defense. Check out their fantastic work, archwaydefense.com. Peter also very well versed in firearms law and uh, about the uh, weapons themselves. Uh, Peter, again, uh, thanks so much for joining us on such uh, short notice. We appreciate it. As always, Brad, good to be on. So I, I kind of gave a little uh, insight as to what happened this past Friday. Again, 13 dead, including the gunman. The gunman has been identified, but in holding with uh, our policy on here, we don't we don't say the name of the perpetrator of these crimes. Uh, Peter, in what you've been able to ascertain in uh, the 48 hours since this took place, um, it took place at a Virginia Beach Municipal Center. Typically, government outlets like that are gun-free zones. Uh, do you know if that was the case here? Uh, initially we believed that the facility was in fact a, uh, gun free or the employees would have been prohibited from carrying lawfully on the premise, unless we see some policy that contradicts that. But right now that's what it's looking like. So, and again, a lot of, uh, gun control folks, they, uh, are quick to demagogue the situation. Enough is enough. We must act. And they'll throw out just some random thing legislation that needs to be passed immediately and then once all the facts are ascertained turns out the legislation they're proposing would have done nothing to address the incident at hand but nevertheless they're never made to apologize or never made to go back and give a mea culpa and say sorry our bad and so this discourse just keeps going on this vicious cycle from what you've been able to uh, learn have we learned anything about the gunman peter johnson was he legally allowed to carry did he past appropriate background checks. Uh, what do we know about that uh, from that standpoint? So the initial reports, and like always, this is all subject to change, but the initial reports was um, the perpetrator used uh, two handguns, um, initially reported to be 45 ACP, so that will come out in a little bit. But the ATF did make a statement that the firearms were legally purchased okay. um, by the individual. Okay. So... He went through the, when people say the background check process, he did go through the federal background check, the 4473, and was authorized uh, or was uh, had a positive outcome of that background check and was allowed to purchase the firearms. So, yeah, and and, and again, this is what, uh, and then that's another talking point that's a, that's put out there after this. Well, we need a stronger background check system. And again, if this if this person had no criminal history, nothing precluding him from purchasing a firearm. And again, you know, I, I, I'm not saying this to be flip, but short of a Tom Cruise minority report type environment, I don't know how you prevent the, uh, situations like this, Peter Johnson. Yeah. The, and we've talked about it before, but the, the horrific part of this is obviously 12 people are, are dead Mm -hmm. because of the acts of one, what I'll, I'll identify as an truly evil person. The fact that you'd go and slaughter 12 people indiscriminately, um, and all the reports are that this individual walked through the facility and indiscriminately shot anybody that he came in contact with. Right. So to do that, I can't, I can't articulate anything more appropriate than evil. So this individual shows the most horrendous evil acts and 12 people lost their lives because of it. Now, the danger of, the next steps. And you, unfortunately we've all been on this road too many times. If he did pass the background checks, like the ATF said, um, then the current federal background check system in place did exactly what it was supposed to do in the sense of it. He didn't commit a crime up or allegedly didn't commit a crime up until the tr- point where he decided to shoot these people. Now, if we go back to, Texas, I believe it was in Texas, where the individual 
passed ATF background checks, but I believe he was barred from possession of the weapons because of a glitch in the military system of reporting. And yes. what we're getting out of um, what we're getting initially, again, this is all pretty early, but allegedly the suspect did serve in the military for a number of years and was discharged, but the uh, Virginia National Guard would not disclose the discharge results, whether it was honorable, dishonorable, or other than honorable. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, which is pretty interesting because if he had an honorable discharge, my, my major assumption would be that people just say it was honorable discharge and that would be it. Now, could there be a, an issue in his past where these precursors to violence were indicated and the possibly the military didn't report just like in Texas, the military did not report the domestic battery charges of the individual, which would have precluded him from possessing a firearm. And that was a gap in, in the government reporting. So it was a failure of the current laws that we already have on place, just like we've seen over and over and over again. So uh, if, I, if I'm understanding correctly, in order to, uh, to strengthen these gun laws, we need to add other layers of bureaucracy that have failed us previously, if, if that's what I'm understanding. Again, I don't want to sound flip about this, but this is this is something that it, it, it does make me angry because literally, and I do mean literally, the bodies are not even cold before gun grabbers are demagoguing these incidents without any facts whatsoever. They just spew their normal chanting points. Well, we need to do this, 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 none of which will address the actual incident. And then, like I said, once once all the facts are learned, they just shrug it off and say, "Oh well, we still need gun control." It's again, it's a never-ending cycle. I'm 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 angry with it. To be perfectly yeah. honest with you, Peter, it it does get beyond. It's disgusting and disrespectful, honestly, to the individuals that lost their lives mm -hmm. because of this horrendous evil act. And the worst part about all of this is people keep at, walking around, or I should say, one one side of the argument keeps walking around asking. Well, we have to do something. Well, we can do something. There's actually proven methodologies to significantly reduce the number of innocent people that get injured or killed during one of these horrific evil attacks. And it always comes back to the clock is ticking. From the time the individual decides to initiate violence towards individuals that had unjust violence, right? They... Once they initiate unjust violence towards a group of people, the thing that stops it faster than anything else is when professional violence is directed towards them. Yep. And that could be from unarmed individuals, because there's many reports, I believe last statistic was 18.6% of all active shooters with a firearm were stopped by unarmed citizens. So every time that we direct professional violence towards that un unjust aggressor, people's lives are saved. And the faster we do that, the more people are ultimately saved from this. If you follow us on, um, or on Facebook, which I know you do, we posted something, I think it was a couple weeks back, about a uh, football high school coach who tackled a gunman to prevent yes. a shooting in Oregon, mm -hmm. right? This, now, think if, think if we would be giving teachers, educators, professionals, the ability to choose whether or not they want to use the life-saving tools of self-defense, get the proper training and licensing and go through all those steps. Think if the discussion was, what can we do to make sure that we direct professional violence towards this individual faster? Because we're doing it on the LE side, the law enforcement side. Everything in the law enforcement training curriculum right now, as it is, relates to active shooter, active threat, or active terrorism, is how fast can we put professional violence towards that unjust attacker? Right. So the law enforcement side gets it. Now it's, unfortunately, the, the talking points don't allow us to have a real conversation about how to truly save people or keep people safe at work and everything else. But that's it. The, the most frustrating part is we see it time and time again. When you direct violence towards that aggressor, people's lives are saved. When you don't, more people end up getting injured or killed, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and then that's the source of frustration, too. When you talk about shootings within the school, I mean, this was a debate that was going on after Stoneman Douglas High School about a year and a half ago, was that teachers, if they are legally trained to handle a firearm, 
should be allowed to exercise their Second Amendment right. And plus, like I say, they've been trained to to use this particular firearm. And of course, the response you get, well, aren't there, uh, you know, isn't it enough that there's all these armed resource officers on this campus? Well, there was one and he'd failed to act. So if if you have someone who's professionally trained to prevent this sort of thing and does not act, they're, they're basically sitting ducks there. And the, and the frustrating aspect of it is, well, we can't have just even more guns to to stop gun violence. And from what you're explaining to me, Peter, if someone is well-versed and well-trained in firearms, that seems to be exactly the remedy for this situation. That's exactly the remedy. And here's here it goes back to a, a, a deeper, more fundamental principle. It is no one's job to protect you as an individual. And I know that sounds really coarse, but that actually is a ruling from the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. People tried to sue law enforcement saying the cops didn't show up in time and my family member got injured or killed. Multiple times, the Supreme Court has upheld the highest court in the land says it is nobody's job to protect you as an individual. It's yours. Well, if the Supreme Court is telling us time and time again that it's nobody's job to protect us, it's the individual's job to protect them. Why are we putting barriers up to reduce their ability to effectively protect themselves against some of the most deranged psychopaths on the planet? And I think another... uh Another aspect of this that you point out, you know, in these gun-free zones, like, you know, we assume because this was a government uh, center, municipal center, typically those are uh, gun-free zones. And this was a disgruntled former employee. Apparently, he emailed his resignation hours before he perpetrated this act. So to your point about professional violence, he probably had a good idea that there was not going going to be any if it was a gun-free zone and probably knew approximately how much time he had to inflict as much damage as possible. So to that end, if if there's even just a possibility that somebody's carrying in the building, if you remove the gun-free zone sign and and make it an area where that those who are legally trained can carry a firearm, uh, statistics also show, Peter, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, overwhelmingly that uh, that the potential of attack drops significantly. Yes, the, the individuals that are perpetrating these types of horrendous attacks are trying to get kill as many innocent people as they possibly can. So that's the whether however they get to that motivating factor, whether it was a perceived injustice at work or a mental health case, whatever, however they get there, their end game is to try to kill as many people as they can. So when you acknowledge that that is the case, you have to simply remove all the other barriers and say, okay, well, what can we do about this? And ultimately, allowing people to the ability to carry the life-saving tools of self-defense, because, again, they're not offensive, they're defensive, they're life-saving tools. At, at a place like Virginia Beach, easily one or two people shooting back at the suspect reduces his ability to move freely around three floors and engage at random anybody that he deems fit. Right. Yeah, and that that's exact that's exactly the situation they pray. they probably know approximately how much time they have and if at any point it's foiled to your to your point the, by the uh, pr- professional violence um then that completely the Typically, though, statistics show what they'll they'll just drop and flee, take their own lives. Uh, is, that, is that how statistically? What do we uh, what are we looking at there? So the FBI data, the last one that they published, um, out of the uh, twenty seven incidents, and and this is in 2018, 27 incidents. It was uh, eighty five were killed uh, by law enforcement and unarmed security officers. Twelve were wounded. Um, six off, six, pardon me, six law enforcement officers were wounded. Now, obviously, the data is trying to catch up, but the, it's about half, in all honesty. The, either commit suicide is the most common, and then apprehended by police is, follows that up. The other ones are killed by a citizen, uh, killed by police, and there's only one of 2018 that's still at large at the time of this um, okay. publication, which what we're sourcing is the FBI active shooter incidents in the United States for 2018. And if anybody's listening and they're interested in what the hard facts say, this is a pretty good document because it's the most up-to-date one. Once again, we've been joined by Peter Johnson, a firearms expert and, of course, the founder of Archway Defense. Check out their fantastic work, archwaydefense.com, and look them up on Facebook. 
as well as Instagram, where you see a lot of their uh, training exercises and everything they have got going on. Uh, Peter, as I always say, can't appreciate enough the time that you give us and the insights that you share on these uh, very, very tragic incidents. But the facts definitely need to get out there as much as possible because apparently they're not seeping through uh, the Democrat uh, presidential candidates, that's for certain. So appreciate the time, Peter. Thanks, my friend. Anytime. Thank you. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our community secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. We protect the homeland. We're always there when called upon. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association at this station. Hi, my name's Christina Stumble, and I own Farm Girl Flowers in San Francisco. With my Spark Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. Last year, I redeemed $115,000 in cash back. Yeah, $115,000. And that doubled our digital marketing budget for the summer. Thanks to my Spark Card, we had our best summer yet. Imagine what the Spark Card from Capital One could do for your business. What's in your wallet? Real Capital One customers pay for real stories. Credit approval required. You're a do-it-yourselfer. You fix things around the house, take care of the yard, wash your car, and on top of it all, run your own business. But wow, when it comes to digital marketing and advertising, things aren't so do-it-yourself. You need results and just aren't getting them on your own. Salem Surround will get you results. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Using every digital marketing tool possible is a necessity to compete in today's business world. But you have to know about all the options. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and most importantly, revenue. There really are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Varicose and spider veins. What a gift from my mom. She had them and I got them. Not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? That was it. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors at Vein Clinics of America have been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced vein treatment center in the U.S. The best part is, Vein Clinics of America is coming to the Twin Cities this spring, and most insurance is accepted. So if you have tired, swollen, and painful legs, or suffer from embarrassing varicose and spider veins like I did, you can now get world-class treatment for your legs right here in the Twin Cities at Vein Clinics of America. To learn more about location openings, call 800-593-4411. 800-593-4411. That's 800-593-4411. Welcome back, Game 12, Aiden Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, another segment on the broadcast. Here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. Uh, went a little long with that uh, last segment, but uh, it was important that we uh, get as many uh, facts in as we could. And uh, we always appreciate Peter's time. I know that he, uh, when incidents like this take place, he's often sought after. So uh, we, we definitely appreciate his insights. Uh, sticking with uh, the subject of firearms, the uh, former demagogue-in-chief, uh, President Barack Obama, was in Brazil, and apparently, from what I understand, that uh, Brazil has, um, I have to uh, see the uh, statistics, yeah, Brazil, uh, according to Stephen Gatowski, he's a firearms reporter for the Free Beacon, uh, Brazil is a country with strict gun laws and an unfathomable, unfathomably high gun murder rate, okay? So that just kind of shows you that the more gun control shows if you think gun control is going to decrease uh, gun violence, 
uh, you're sorely mistaken. And President Barack Obama, uh, this was a sound clip from about a minute and a half, again, a speech in Brazil. And pretty much everybody who is well-versed in firearms, and then someone like me who's not as well-versed but knows basics, knows that pretty much everything he says here, almost everything he says here is emphatically false. Again, this is about a minute and a half, uh, President Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama in Brazil recently. Here we go. I've said this before, the most, the most difficult day that I've had uh, was the day that there was a shooting in a school uh, where 20 small children were shot, uh, as well as some teachers. And you know, my daughters were a little bit older than these young children that had been shot, and I had to go and comfort the parents. And uh, some of you may be aware, our gun laws in the United States don't make much sense. Anybody can buy any weapon anytime. Not true. Without... Hey, we don't have guns here. Let's applaud that, even though it's emphatically false. You know, without much, if any, regulation, they can buy it over the internet. They can buy also machine not guns. Also not true. And. For, for me, having to, to, to speak to parents who have lost a child just two days or a day after it had happened, uh, and, and not being able to assure them that uh, that would change, that, that we would fix this. I couldn't bring their children back, but I couldn't even uh, promise them and we would change the law so this didn't happen to somebody else's children. Okay. Uh, pretty much every, we've only got a few minutes left in this segment, so there's not enough time to debunk everything. But where he, he, where he says that uh, without much, if any, regulation, they can buy a gun over the Internet, they can buy machine guns. None of that is true. First of all, uh, this was cited by, uh, I believe, Julio Rosas at the – uh, Washington Examiner, there are about 300 federal and state gun laws that regulate the sale and acquisition of firearms in the United States. And when it comes to internet gun sales, the firearm is sent to a gun dealer who holds a fi- federal firearms license. An FBI background check is then conducted before the firearm is transferred to the buyer. So technically, you can go on the internet and and order a firearm. But he's making it sound like, yeah, you can just go on the internet, like you can go, like you go on uh, uh, on Amazon, just order up a firearm, boom, it's shipped to your house without without any background check or anything. That's that's just false. It and I think he knows this, but yet he's in friendly territory in Brazil, where they basically have very strict gun laws, and as Stephen Gutowski pointed out, very high gun murder rate as a result. And also this thing about uh, machine guns. You know, Stephen Gutowski talked about that, too. Uh, first, the sale of new fully automatic firearms was effectively banned in 1986 under the Hughes Amendment. And then fully automatic firearms that were registered under the National Firearms Act before 1986 were grandfathered in and are still illegal. So let's just read his full statement again, you know, without... Much, if any, regulation, they can buy it over the Internet, they can buy machine guns, okay? That's, everything there is false. And for me, having to speak to parents who have lost a child just two days or a day after it happened and not being able to assure them that would change, that we could fix this, I couldn't bring their children back, but I couldn't even promise that we would change the law so this didn't happen to somebody else's children. Well, again, there are plenty of Second Amendment advocates who are suggesting laws to be put in place that would prevent this sort of thing, specifically heavy prosecution of straw purchasers, basically someone who is legally able to purchase a firearm and then goes and sells it on the black market to someone who's not legally able to own that firearm. Okay, There isn't, from what I understand, that isn't even a major crime that's prosecuted as much as it should be. Straw purchasers. So let's start there. 
Because if these people know that the risk of selling a firearm in the black market is too great because the prosecution of that crime is just not worth it, okay, then obviously the incentive isn't there. But if they but if it's just basically a gross misdemeanor, then then it's just like it's worth taking the chance to some of these people. So let's start there. And again, as we alluded to in that first segment with Peter, a lot of these gun free zones that are deemed gun you know, that you can't carry a firearm, someone who has been legally trained to carry a firearm, okay, would be able to do so. An opt sort of an opt in provision. Okay? And just the slight knowledge that there'd be a firearm in this particular area definitely goes a long way to preventing a mass shooting and FBI statistics show this. AM twelve eight of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, coming up with another segment on the program. Go nowhere. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on uh Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in today's culture? How does your faith in Jesus Christ relate to the world around you? Sometimes to have faith can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and sometimes challenging landscape. That's why you need to visit iBelieve.com. iBelieve.com is a site designed for Christian women. iBelieve.com has blogs, videos, and even daily devotionals. Whether you're looking for advice, ideas for your church group, or just an uplifting message, visit iBelieve.com. That's iBelieve.com. Welcome back, Cam Twelve Eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in the broadcast. Well, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, that music should tell you who our next guest is. That, of course, is longtime friend of the broadcast, Minnesota State Senator Karen Housley. She in uh, Senate District Thirty Nine. Uh, she's uh, joining us uh, about a little over a week after the 2019 legislative legislative session has ended. And, of course, uh, we invite her on to kind of take a little victory lap because she had some very important legislation that she's been working on for quite some time that got passed through. And it's going to be welcome relief for a lot of the our, uh, senior citizens here uh, in Minnesota. Uh, Karen Housley, always good to have you in the broadcast, my friend. How are you today? 
I am good. Thank you so much for having me again. Uh, and I want to make sure, Brad, you say hello to one of my favorite seniors, your mom, Linda. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, I've, to- I've told you before that the only time she ever listens to my show is when you're on, Karen. So uh, you, ha- you have that kind of pull, apparently, that I don't have. So we appreciate it. I love your mom. <laughs> and actually, like this bill is about people like your mom. And, and my parents have both passed away. But we did. We got past the Elder Care and Protection Act for the future of all of our Minnesota seniors. And your mom, I always kept her in the back of my mind fighting for her, even though you and your, your sibling are, are good advocates for her. But yes. I, I wanted to fight for everybody in Minnesota. Now, talk a little bit about this uh, elder care legislation. Again, this is something we talked about you've been working on for for quite some time, finally got passed through. It, it basically requires uh, these uh, assisted living facilities to be licensed, will take place in a couple years, August of 2021 to be exact. Mm-hmm. So maybe kind of give our listeners a little insight. What is the difference between a facility that's licensed and and is not licensed and what kind of things can occur for these facilities that don't have these very basic oversights, Garen Housley? Yeah, we were the last state in the country uh, to have our assisted living be licensed. And and when I was moving my parents into an assisted living, it's such an emotional time to begin with, but you just sort of assume that there's some sort of framework around uh, the the homes and that there's some protections. Uh, So being the last state, and and it was sort of... um, it was two and a half years. We did have a bill last year that Governor Dayton unfortunately vetoed, but it didn't have the whole assisted living licensure structure. Okay. So uh, getting the Commissioner of Health, Jan Malcolm, and all the stakeholders together, like what would that look like? Um, some of the issues that the residents were having, and this is sort of the genesis of all of it, was early termination. If, And this is in the case of my mom. Her care, she had Alzheimer's, and her care outweighed what the facility could provide for her. Our assisted livings now almost are like what nursing homes were of the past. And we have over 1,200 assisted livings in Minnesota with over 55,000 residents. So making sure that there are things in place to protect them. And when my mom's care outweighed what they could care for her, they um, told her she had to leave and, and she was terminated from living there. And there was this thing called hospital dumping and they would just dump them off at the hospital and they mm. have to move out and they so, so now they can no longer terminate uh that quickly you have to have meetings with the resident ahead of time also what this bill does is the electronic monitoring i know i've been on your show talking about this yes. before but finally we got it done uh so the residents are now allowed to be able to put cameras in their room starting in january of 2020 uh, which is extremely important. Uh, we had no laws regarding it now, and that's the same with assisted living. You just assumed that they were in place, uh, but now you actually can put the uh, cameras in the residence room. When um, some places around the state, when a when a resident would put it in, they would rip it out. Other places, like my mom's, I put it in there and I told them, and they left it in there. But now you'll be able to do that. That, yeah, that's fantastic. Obviously, we saw some uh, disturbing news footage. I think it was in the last year or so. I think it was uh, one of our local news stations did uh, an investigative report on some of the just the egregious abuses that uh, some of these uh, seniors were suffering. And uh, sounds like something like this, Karen, would, would uh, certainly go a long way, if not completely eradicate those incidents. And it 99.99% of our caregivers in Minnesota are really, really amazing, wonderful oh, sure. people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's those those bad people, and there's going to be bad people in the world, but that's what you read about on the front page of the newspaper and on the TV. We wanted things in place that we could prevent these things from happening. So cameras in the room, even even the knowledge that, that there could be cameras for, for those bad workers, uh, I think is going to alleviate a lot of the problems. Um, and also now with the licensing, the, the State Department of Health is required to inspect all of our assisted living every two years. It used to be every three years, and now it'll be every two years. So we'll be able to catch any of those bad practicing people a lot sooner. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, a, again, this is wonderful news. Uh, some uh, some pieces of good news came out of this last uh, legislation le- legislative session, Karen. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. First of all, uh, the uh, infamous uh, photo, I'm sure it was retweeted several times, of you trying to catch a little shut-eye during the uh, special mm-hmm. session, Karen. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, that was, uh, I know you've had special sessions before, but has there ever been anything 
uh, this chaotic where you basically tried to have, get all your work done in basically a 24-hour span? Because uh, when did you sleep other than, you know, <laughs> the footage where you were sleeping in the Senate Chambers guard, Owsley? Steve, we can thank Senator Dan Howell for sneaking that photo. Um, <laughs> this this one really wasn't that bad because we just had one overnight. Early on, we had some late ones, but this at the end, we just had one overnight. Like, we went from 10 p.m. until 7 a.m. nonstop. Um, it wasn't as bad as our first session where it, we had a couple of nights where we had no idea what was going on. Uh, this one wasn't that bad, and it was it was such a relief to get our work done. Like, we didn't know if it was going to get done. It, it all came down to could they resolve and, and really get a deal uh, so that we could do our work. Like, what is our budget? Can we get that done in that amount of time? And we were, we were willing to stay up all night to get it done and be out of there by 7 a.m. when that when the uh, bell was going to ring and we had to leave. So it felt really good. I think the people of Minnesota, this is how they want government to work. It's not everything we wanted as Republicans. Um, There was a, there was, we were able to stop a lot of bad things from the gas tax to uh, uh, gun laws, um, $12 billion in tax increases, uh, single payer health care. We stopped a lot of bad things and we did do good things. Um, the one thing is the provider tax was where we tax our, our hospitals and our doctors and our dentists. Um, that we didn't we didn't get. We continued that tax at a lower rate. That was the one thing that we we had to give something. You know, we right. had to give something. But I think overall it was it was a pretty good success. They what? also wanted Democrats wanted to con- uh, they wanted to cut nursing homes by yes. sixty eight million dollars. Right. That was like a non starter for me. I was like, we're not even going to do my elder care bill. If you're going to now cut nursing homes to pay for the elder care bill, no, not happening. So we stopped that. Fantastic. Yeah, and that's 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 the one thing, you know, you, you as the last week of session was, was approaching, uh, the Democrats were digging in their heels, as you alluded to, some of the signature issues, the 20 cent uh, per gallon uh, gas tax increase, the uh, uh, gun control that tried to sneak in the public safety omnibus bill because they mm-hmm. couldn't pass them as standalone bills in the House. And mm-hmm. a total $12 billion in tax increases. And given the fact they were digging their heels in on this, and you folks in the Senate, the Senate, the Republicans majority in the Senate, were the one stopgap to all this, given that they were digging in their heels so much on this, uh, you had to be a little nervous, Karn, because it seemed a special session would be inevitable. And you've got a pretty important event coming up in mid-June, a uh, couple of weeks, uh, do you not? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, did that, was that entering in the back of your mind at all? It, well, and there was a couple of other uh, people who had big things. I think Michelle Benson, um, she had a trip to Europe planned and paid for a couple of years ago. So there was a couple of big things. And I do have our daughter's wedding coming up here in the middle of June. We also knew, though, um, when Governor Walls called that special session, the House hadn't agreed to anything. And that was that was the scary part. Sure. We were going into a special session not knowing. But we also knew if we didn't get it done before uh, Memorial Weekend was over, we'd be there till the end of June because once everybody goes back into their districts and they, they uh, think about it for a little bit, there's no pressure on, on us to get it done. So we would wait till the end of June. And that's not what people of Minnesota wanted either, but just get it done. And, and I mentioned last week, uh, there are a couple of contentious issues. Obviously the uh, DFL is going to go after uh, gun control again in the 2020 session. I, I think that's mm-hmm. a given. Uh, Governor Wall seems to be under the delusion that Republicans are going to come to him and ask for an increase in the gas tax. I don't know where he's getting that idea from, but he seems he was saying that the other day. I think it was on Almanac. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are a couple of contentious issues that are already set up, not only for the 2020 session, but in the campaigns afterwards. Uh, so, Karen, your your Senate seat is up while all your colleagues are up in the in the legislature in, in 2020. You personally, are you rerunning for your Senate seat in Senate District 39? Or are you thinking about other plans? I have to ask you that, Karen. You know that, but uh, I know, I know, I know. Um, and I was, I was not even thinking about it because I really wanted to focus on getting our work done at the state Senate sure. and my elder care bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm actually, we've had a couple people flying from DC to lay out the plan and how the U.S. Senate race could go. Uh, I, I would have to make sure there's somebody that could win in my state Senate seat. If I did that, we are. Phil and I, my husband and the kids are, are talking about it as we speak, um, and we're going to make a decision here soon. But either way, I, I'm running for the Senate of uh, at some level in 2020. Okay. 
So we've at least narrowed it down a little bit. <laughs> one of the uh, one of these uh, set of seats. Okay. Well, yeah, and and I think that's very important too. And I'm glad you you mentioned that, given the fact that uh, there's a 35 to 32 majority for Republicans currently in the state Senate. Uh, there isn't a lot of wiggle room there as far as as far as hanging yeah. onto the majority. There's definitely going to be an uphill battle. So it sounds like that's something obviously you're taking into consideration, especially uh, given how difficult it was in 2018, where one of our House Republicans in your district unfortunately uh, fell to defeat Kathy Lomer. Uh, and it was, and I think the 2020 election is going to be much different. 2018 was so sad. We lost so many amazing suburban women yes. in the House. Uh, my seatmate or housemate, Kathy Momer, being one of them, and I sure do, sure do miss her. Um, but I think 2020 presidential year, we are going to have a much better turnout. They had 100% of their folks turn out in 2018. Uh, we didn't have all of ours no. turn out in 2020. So, and I think... Um, I think people are saying President Trump is is getting the job done. They may not like him, but he is capable of doing the job. He's doing amazing things, and he's getting it done. So I think we're going to have a much uh, better turnout in 2020 than we did in 18. Yeah, obviously that's going to be that that should be the big focus on Minnesotans is uh, is keeping the legislature, at least the Senate, keeping in Republican hands. I don't know how the House is going to be a, quite a task to try to take that majority back in 2020. But if we can possibly put a dent in the DFL majority, I think that would be definitely huge. Well, Karin, like I said, uh, uh, best of luck to you over these uh, next couple of weeks. Again, congratulations uh, to, to your daughter on her upcoming nuptials and uh, best of luck to you and your family going forward. And I, I say this every time, and I'll continue to say it. You always have an open invite to come back on the program, and we'll always play Joan Jett as we introduce you. So you got that going for you, Karen, which I, which I think is great. So. Thank you so much for having me, Brad, and I will be back soon. I, we, we appreciate it, yeah, and uh, we'll definitely uh, watch all the uh, news items for any uh, breaking Karen housing news as it occurs. So thanks, Karen. We appreciate the time. Thanks, Brad. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. We can all agree that a good education benefits students, their family, and society as a whole. Education shapes your child into the person they will become. Join your local hosts, Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin, as they explore how to get the best education for your child while ensuring that the values you're teaching at home are being respected. From cursive to curriculum and everything in between, school is now in session. Education Nation, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. According to a recent Barna study, schools are seen as a negative influence on faith formation. Church leaders view parents, churches, and Christian communities as positive influences on a child's spiritual life. However, children are spending most of their daytime weekday hours at school, which is perceived by many church leaders as a negative influence. A good Christian school can provide a strong Christian community to help positively influence your child's spiritual formation. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we believe in the power of Christian education so much, we have partnered with local Christian schools to offer half-off your child's first year of tuition. It's our half-off tuition program. To find out if the school you are considering is part of this program and to take another great step in your child's faith formation, call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406. That's 651-289-4406. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, Think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Paramount Exteriors are your local roofing and siding experts. You can count on the job being done right and on time. 
With over 35 years of experience, they help Minnesota homeowners increase the value, enhance the curb appeal, and improve the energy efficiency of their homes. They even have interest-free financing options. Visit them today at ParamountExteriorsMN.com. Don't take a chance on something as important as your home. Go with someone you can trust. Contact them for your free estimate today. ParamountExteriorsMN.com. Well, this just in. The Twins are pretty good this year. Well, what's the score right now? I haven't uh, been checking. CJ Crone, a bases clearing double, makes it 7 nothing Twins Jeez. in the top of the fifth inning. And people were worried. And they haven't even hit a home run yet today. Oh, really? Wow, that's even better. You yeah. know, people were worried after that 14-3 drubbing by the Rays a couple days ago that it's over. The wheels are falling off, people. And yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> it's one game. They were overdue for a clunker. Let's just see what plays out. And look, they're going to win 3-4 or four against a really good team. Absolutely, yeah. And that that's just the thing about this team. They've had... They've only lost two in a row three times. Unbelievable. And they haven't had a three-game losing streak. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, well, that 11 nothing loss is suffered at home to Houston. They came back and won right. the next couple games and won that series three out of four. And then They bounced back. It's Tampa great. Tampa Bay's a good team. They're, they're right in the thick of things in that East with the Red Sox and the yeah. Yankees. So when you can hang with those big dogs, you got something going on. So, yeah, again, top of the fifth inning, 7 nothing Twins. So, uh, yeah, it's it's – Pretty it's going fun. good, but we're Minnesota sports fans, so we all got to be prepared still, even for the nah. wheels to fall off. I mean, it's okay. I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm th- I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is a really good ball club we got here in town. However, I'm just mentally prepared for that moment when it, uh, as in the past, inevitably does. I'm surprised I'm not more jaded than I am having been a sports fan for 40 plus years. But, um, you know, I, I, if you want to call me naive or Pollyannish, that's fine too. I can deal with that as long as we have an, if we have an entire summer. Of good baseball, I know that's what's that's it's what's been big. so long. Yeah. It like sure, we had that little wild card game in 2017, which I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, I don't count that as a playoff game unless you're in one of the series like the ALDS. Right, like right. that doesn't count. And it's been since 2010, man. Like I've taken it for granted how long baseball's just been terrible in this town. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I bring up the Twins because uh, it was an impressive debut for the rookie Devin Smeltzer uh, the other day. Against the Brewers, six shutout innings in the uh, Twins, uh, getting a split of that two-game series against uh, the Brewers. I always like to have a nice feel-good story, and this young man is mm-hmm. definitely that. Because I remember when uh, it was after the uh, first game of that series, uh, Michael Pineda pitched pretty well, then had to be put on the the injured list. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's the injured list, not disabled anymore. Yes, it's the yes, injured list. Yes, I almost said disabled. I'm used to. I'm. I know. I'm used injured to it the list. other way. I know. So, and it's like, well, they're going to bring up. Call up Devin Smeltzer. He's going to start against the Brewers, and they'll move my, uh, Martin Perez back to the series against Tampa Bay. I'm like, why in the world are you doing that? Perez is on a roll. Why are you going to move him back and put this rookie against the Brewers, who are not a bad team? Mm-hmm. They were within a whisker going to the World Series last mm-hmm. year. You're going to throw this rookie into the fire like that? I, I don't know. I question that. Well, he came out, and he pitched six uh, shutout innings, and the Twins got the victory. And I'm thinking, that's unbelievable how a young kid like that, 23 years old, was able to go in against that lineup in that kind of situation. Again, mm-hmm. I know it's I know it's not high stakes. It's regular season, and the Twins still have the still best record. Impressive. But he still went out and did it. And then when I heard his story, it's like, ah, it, it makes sense why he's not all that intimidated by yeah. pitching in the big leagues. If you know anything about Devin Smeltzer's story, when he was nine years old, he was diagnosed with cancer. And apparently it was a grapefruit-sized mass in his abdomen. My goodness. And it, it pour, it's has been in remission for about seven years, but he still obviously has it in the back of his mind. And again, this is from an SI.com story. Uh, I put a lot into that backstory, Smeltzer told reporters following Tuesday's victory. It's made me the man I am today on and off the field. I know that tomorrow between the lines may not happen. It's been told to me before I don't take a day for granted out there. So once I learned what his story is like, it's like, Okay, when you hear of a guy coming up to the big leagues for the first time, it's like he practically wants to throw up. I mean, you're only human. You finally reached a uh, a lifelong dream, and you're you're going to have some butterflies. It's only you're only human. But to hear what he went through as a nine year old kid having cancer and overcoming it and being in remission for seven years, I I, I can't believe a whole lot's going to intimidate the guy. No, it's it's amazing. 
Right. And um, to go on with that, another cool aspect of the story is that Smeltzer came over in the Brian Dozier trade. He was originally with the Dodgers and he grew up, I think, outside of Philadelphia. He grew up a Phillies fan. And when he was a kid, when he was going through cancer or chemo treatments, uh, he met his childhood favorite baseball player, Chase Utley. Then it turned out later down the road during like spring train stuff like that, he got to be teammates with Chase Utley as he was at the end of his career in L.A. So another cool aspect of the story, just a. I mean, I, I don't have any words for someone who's overcome something like that, something I can't imagine overcoming, and then going on to become a professional athlete and, uh, you know, throwing six shutout innings against a really good ball club. The dude's awesome. I love Devin Smeltzer. Yeah, and, and the amazing thing about it is, is like his family basically had less than 24 hours notice that, hey, he's getting called up to the big leagues. Right. They had to drive 18 hours from New Jersey <laughs> right. to come to the game. And right. they were all there. And, of course, he's he's married and uh, the wife and his mother, both very emotional uh talking to the local uh, media during the game. So just a, just a great story. Read another quote here. Uh, it's hard to keep it together, Smeltzer said. We are all extremely emotional people. My wedding was 75% laughing and the rest bawling our eyes out, and that's what it was tonight. Uh, again, Smeltzer was selected by the Dodgers in the fifth round of the 2016 draft. He was dealt to the Twins in 2018 in a package, as you alluded to, Jason, that sent uh, veteran infielder Brian Dozier to the Dodgers. And uh, he began 2019 in Double A before being promoted to Triple A. So he's really worked himself up through the system very quickly. And uh, it doesn't look like he'll get a. He may get a start at the end of this road trip because they had the, obviously the day off on Thursday, and I think they have a day off also tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably just skip over him again, and then uh, he may not have a start again for a while. Um, but nevertheless, it's nice that you know when a young guy like this, you know, against one start, you don't put too much into it, but at the same time. If he's got that kind of decent stuff, major league stuff, and given the, it's more the mental aspect you got to pay attention to. I mean, anybody could pop up, have a great start, but if they're not mentally uh, yeah. tough, yeah. for lack of a better word, uh, where they kind of say, "Yeah, I got this big league thing figured out. I'm good." Yeah. Uh, I this this young man doesn't take anything for granted, so this could end up being a surprise aspect to what's already been an incredible right season. and um if you like play any of the baseball video games these do- days like mlb the show there's um you know they have stats for everybody everybody's got an overall ranking and stuff you know how good are you or how good are you uh there's a composure setting as well in all of those player rankings and i'm sure if you go on to mlb the show devin smeltzer's composure would be 100 percent because i don't think based off what this guy has gone through in his life how could anything face him at this point especially oh a guy holding a bat trying to hit a ball i bet that's nothing to this guy yeah yeah and i mean striking out a reigning national league mvp christian yelich in a critical spot um yeah it's uh that stuff like that's not going to intimidate him so great story feel good story and of course we're, we're sports fans here so anytime we can take a quick uh, segment to talk a little sports we definitely do that so uh fun summer thus far and it's just getting started i have a feeling that's our number one in the books our number two coming up in mere moments right here am 1280 the patriot Closing time, open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time, turn all... He served as deputy assistant to President Trump, and today he's a national radio host. But his beginnings were far more humble as his parents escaped a communist dictatorship. Sebastian Gorka exemplifies the American dream. Be inspired by his story at our exclusive event, Dive In, Dinner and Discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Reserve your seats at am1280thepatriot.com. This event is supported by Closet and Storage Concepts. I should have done it sooner. That's a comment heard often from satisfied patients at INeedMoreHair.com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable Hollywood 
personalities a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day. Contact INeedMoreHair.com at their office in Egan for your free consultation. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com. This is Lon Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Despite all of the partisan rancor in Congress, there is remarkable bipartisan agreement on the need to deal with the challenge of smoking and tobacco use amongst young Americans. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky and Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia have introduced legislation that would raise the federal minimum age to purchase tobacco, including e-cigarettes, to 21. Other senators, including Republican Mitt Romney and Democrat Dick Durbin, have introduced similar legislation. It's particularly striking that McConnell and Kane both come from significant tobacco-producing states. Tobacco use and vaping have reached epidemic proportions amongst America's youth, creating a public health crisis that demands the attention of lawmakers. The fact that leaders of both parties acknowledge the need for action is a great start. Now it's up to members of Congress to vote for this important change and for President Trump to sign this legislation into law. I'm Lon He Chen. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate leadership degree. Apply by June 15th for fall classes. This Memorial Day, kick off summer with something very cool. Up to 40% off appliance special buys. Like a Whirlpool top freezer refrigerator, now for just $598. Its big 18 cubic foot capacity has plenty of storage space. And that price puts everything within reach. Summer's here, and today is the day for doing with Memorial Day savings now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only while supplies last. See store for details valid through June 5th. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.